When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to No Chill with Gilbert Arenas. We're back with another heat check. We're more than halfway through the season, Gil, so we got to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. Okay. Let's get to it first. We're going to start with the ugly duckling that is the Los Angeles Lakers, but <laughs> we're going to talk about the swan that is LeBron first. So LeBron has been absolutely hooping as of late. I think mm-hmm. in his last 17 games, hold on, let me pull the stats because you know the haters are going to clap me if I'm not correct. <laughs> 34, 8, and 8 in his last 17 games. Jesus Christ. Since turning 38, he's leading the league in scoring at 36.4 points per game. Also, 10 rebounds because I round up and 9 assists because I round up. <laughs> like a true hooper. You know, like a true hooper. I'm like, you already know. <laughs> 17.5 is 18 for those, it's you know. Facts. You know, I got to tell who doesn't know who because they've got 17.5. No, it's 18. It's 18. But does LeBron deserve some love in the MVP discussion? Yes. It's, it's, I mean, you, you, no one's at this age has done what he's done. I mean, I don't see anybody in the near future going to be doing what he's doing at that age anyway. Yeah. Um, so when you, when you talk about the legacy and what he's doing, we're glossing over how good he's playing, but let's just pull back history and look at what all the other greats did at that same age. Nothing, right? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing, right? It wasn't, you know, so the impact that he has in today's game at his age should get him some some type of voting, no matter what the record is, because, I mean, we've seen MVPs win awards and their team wasn't shit either. Yeah. The only person I could think of who's done it previously is probably Carl Malone was still balling out somewhat as a Somewhat. Older, not averaging 36 or 38. But when you look at this <laughs> next crop, can, you, can a guy like Steph or KD be able to replicate what LeBron's doing? Probably, probably Kevin, you know, because... Um, you know, he just has such an advantage over, you know, you know, everyone. Um, guards, you know, when you start losing your speed, um, it kind of starts hurting you. Um, but it, it all depends on, you know, people taking care of their body. You know, when LeBron said he spent a million dollars on maintaining his body, we can actually see that. <laughs> we can see what a million dollars look like you know, once you get older. So I think, you know, future hoopers and hoopers now, they need should, they, they should really need to focus on their, their summer workout because LeBron is showing that, you know, spending that, that money on, you know, just, you know, chefs, trainers, everything is really panning out. So LeBron spending a million, how much were you spending during your career to keep your body right? 10, 13,000? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I just used the gym in the facility, just key sure. cars. So it was just gas going back and forth. And gas was reasonable back then. Though. Yeah, so I didn't, you it's know, I didn't, that. I didn't really. <laughs> Maybe if I, when I hurt my knee, thought about, you know, the importance of actually, you know, rehabbing and training, you know. So Lakers are 8-9 now without AD, which is, I think, for, for a lot of us, 
you know, once AD went down, it was like, oh, curtains on the season, but they're 8-9 without AD. But the, the squad has been depleted, right? AD's out, Austin Reeves has been out for a stretch, Lonnie Walker's been out. And Russell Westbrook, honored the gift, is still coming off the bench. Now, I know how you felt about that previously. He's been balling, though, in that six-man role. Should get some six-man-of-the-year love, haven't really seen it yet. We know it's just, you know, West Coast hatred. That's just how it goes. They hate, they hate Los Angelinos. But are you on board with, with Westbrook still being the six minutes? First of all, first of all, don't ever, I know we're Laker fans, don't ever say AD and then say well, we're out Reeves and Walker. Don't throw, just, don't throw, come on. I'm just pointing like, out. You, you're making it seem like that they're impactful to the point that we need to mention that they're on the, you know, that they're, they're out. Austin Reeves is a, a decent Caucasian. Lonnie Walker's been in the starting lineup. You, Any of them you, averaging t- are they averaging 10? But look, you and Lonnie... Anybody you, averaging... You, is, but, is Reeves averaging 10? But you remember that you changed your stance on I Lonnie Walker. I did change Walker. my stance, but not enough to just mention that he, he's out of the lineup. I'm just saying a starter... How much is, how much is Reeves averaging? So Reeves is averaging 10.8 this year. He yeah. averaged 7 last year. Mm-hmm. I, call that, I call that growth and improvement. Yeah. Lonnie Walker, though, but I just want to know, are you... Are you feeling Russ as the six-man role? And if you're Russ, what's going through your mind right now? Okay, no, I've never felt, and I'm going to just be honest here, I stopped watching the Lakers when they <laughs> decided to make that a real thing. You know, I didn't know that was a real thing that was going to happen. And when they did it, I just just basically stopped watching Laker basketball because um, I'm not a fan of stupidity. And once you did that, it just let me know that you're just not that smart of just humans when it comes to the sport of basketball. And no, I'm still not a fan of it and never will be because um, this only happens in sports where you can justify sitting someone who's here and putting someone who's down here. Like if we just say, all right, let's go to the office and we put the same scenario in the office and you have, you know, you have LeBron, you have Anthony Davis, and you have Westbrook as the three head honchos. Okay. And let's say they're not making the right decisions as a group up there, okay? There's no fucking way that someone's going to grab a janitor and say, all right, we're going to take this janitor and we're going to take Russell and we're going to switch him, and then, and then that's a real thing. No one's going to do that. The, I know the guy who was up here who's now doing janitor duties is not going to be happy. No one is going to be happy with that decision. There's no way Russell Westbrook is sitting there with a positive attitude, no matter how he's playing. You're sitting here trying to justify him looking at Reeves and say, this was a smart decision. Him coming off the bench playing well, why wouldn't he? He's supposed to be up here. So all that's happened is, okay, you take a Bugatti, and you put it down and say race against Hondas. You take a Honda and say, all right, you're in the Bugatti spot. Now, is the Honda performing like a Bugatti? Now, good gas no. mileage, but it's not performing no, like a Bugatti. No, it's not. He is not. He's went from 7 to 10. Was that worth the change? Was that worth the change? Because all you did was hurt Russell Westbrook, whatever he was going to bring as a starter, and four points, what, one extra rebound, maybe one and a half assists. Does it actually make sense for that trade? I mean, I will say that this is probably the best that I've seen Russ play with the Lakers, but I understand what you're saying because there's been times when guys have been out, and I saw the natural the thing is, right, let's bump this six man up and put him in a starting so do lineup. Do not call him a six man. I'm do saying not call for him the a Lakers. Six-man. 
Do not call him a six man. I'm not calling Russ six okay. man. You know I rock with Russ. But I'm saying for, for the Lakers mentality, and he's still operating that role, I think the goal is to keep him and LeBron. And they've done well on the court with each other, but keep them as distance because they have a lot of similarities in terms of needing to be ball dominant. But again, that's as why I just coach, watch. you can't make that work? I swear to God, ball dominant is Jordan Poole and Curry, right? They're both ball dominant. And they make it work, don't they? I mean, last it year. It works. <laughs> they, they're struggling a little bit now. We're going to talk about them later in the show. They're, they're going through some issues, but yes, we've seen, we've seen that squad perform at the highest level and win a championship. Okay, Tatum and, and um, Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown are both dominant ball. They're both ISO players. They both need the ball, and it seems like it's working. Maybe it's not the players, and maybe it's more of the structure of the plays. I don't know. You know, it's Maybe it's the, the plays itself that the system. Okay. Because here, this is why I say this. If Vogel was the coach before, right, and he thought it was a problem between us two, these two, right? It didn't work well. And Ham comes in. You are a new coach. You have a whole different system. How are you falling under the same umbrella unless you're just keeping the same playbook? That's real. Some, something to discuss. So, no, nah, I don't want to discuss it. I just, <laughs> I just want my Russell in the starting lineup. So I'll I can say be a fan again. Frank Vogel versus Darvin Ham. Who you want to see in a dark alley? I'm gonna go with Vogel. Oh no, that's facts. Ten times I'm out of ten. I'm not trying to see no Darvin Ham in no alley. Yeah, Darvin. I don't want to see him in the light. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> he, he's from Michigan, right? Saginaw. Yeah, no, not hell no. If, if he ever say, hey, what about those comments on the show? You know, the way we edit. <laughs> the way we edit, I didn't really, like, it didn't come out of my mouth. That was I just didn't mean it. Edit. Yeah, that was just a little edit that they put in. So what would, you, what would you say, AD comes back, he's healthy, he can actually play 25, 30 games in the season. 20, let's say 20. What's the Lakers ceiling? Is this quite a playoff team? You know, listen, I, we do all this wishing. When, when it comes to the Lakers, we do a lot of wishing, don't we? I'm, For the last two years, we've been doing a lot of wishing. We're what projecting if, and forecasting. If he comes back health, what what is injured this time? The toe, the back, the ankle. The, the, he got the, the janky bunion, the foot. You know, it must be Nikes, right? I don't know, girl. They be wearing them high. Look, I, I don't know why. Shoes. Listen, I do not know why taller players wear the shoes with the bigger soles, with the bigger, like, bottoms. So when you twist an ankle, because of the bottom is so high, you're gonna twist that ankle. Start getting shoes that's lower, the soles is lower. The soles is lower. So if you twist, it's just, it's just, it's like, you know. What's some, like, some agent zeros? Facts. You know, you go ahead and put him in some agent zeros. I guarantee you he won't twist this ankle. They different. Nah, I got a pair. They were lovely. But yeah, I'm going to say, uh, you, you didn't hook me up with a pair of Asian Zeros. I had to go. What, what size shoe you wear? I'm 14. I had to go directly to my Adidas. Oh, that's why, because we were the same size, bro. Circumvent. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go upstairs after the show and just grab some stuff. <laughs> so look, trade deadline's quickly approaching. I think Lakers fans have been pretty vocal that they want to see a trade done. At this point, Westbrook's name's been thrown around. Kendrick Nunn, Pat Bev, uh, these two first-round picks that they've been hoarding for the future. Uh, if you're LeBron James and the Lakers can't get a deal done by the trade deadline, you're left with this squad, and however it goes, would you consider requesting a trade at the end of the season? <sighs> it all depends. You know what? It, it, it's, it's really hard to put yourself in, you know, someone's shoes that's done really 
accomplished everything he's probably wanted to accomplish and more in this league. So you don't really know what um, his next step is or, you know, could be. Um, you know, if if he's looking to win another ring, then I'm, I'm pretty sure he's going to, you know, think about that. But whatever team he goes to, they're going to have to deplete that team form anyway. So um, asking for a trade is, you know, I don't see that. I don't, I don't, has LeBron ever been traded during the season? Exactly. Not during the season, mm-hmm. I'm saying off season. I mean, has he been traded or has he just left? Technically trade. A sign, okay, a sign and trade is not a trade. That is not a trade. Legal definition. That is not a trade. You just assign in a There's what? A tra- that is not a trade, okay. though. That's, that's like, that's like they give me 100, you guys give me 160. I want the 160, but I want to be there. So make it happen. That's, sure. that's what that is. So um, I don't think LeBron moves until his son is drafted to see where they're going to go. Okay. They're, they're Because, you know, his son is still in school. Like, I don't see anything happening right now. He's about to graduate. Oh, he's got, yeah, the, he's he's got the little one. No, he's got Bryce. So he got to stick yeah. around for a little bit. But what do you think, you know, if it did happen, what could the Lakers even get back for him now? 38, he'd be going in, into age 39, year 21. Still putting up obscene numbers, you know, numbers that he was putting up early in his career. I always said when he retires, when he retires, his numbers is going to be like 26 and 6. No, that's going to be his retirement number. The last wow. year he's in, it's going to be 25. It's, it's, it's one of those. There's not going to be no, you know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar numbers where it's 3, 5, 7, and then it's like, oh, okay, you're done. Finally, <laughs> out of here. It's not going to be one of those. You know what I mean? It's going gonna, it's gonna to be like all-star numbers still when he decides to let it go. So, you know, if, if you're going to make a trade for him, you, you still need to understand, forget the age. Just think about what is he going to bring. If he's going to bring 25 and 5 as his last years in the NBA, I, I, I'm, I can trade pretty much eh, any level two star, sure. any all-star. I'm not, I'm not trading a superstar that's still in, you know, in those younger years. Yeah. But uh, uh, an all-star? Yeah, f- yeah. I mean, we see Tom Brady, I think, age 45 now in the NFL, still going, you know, still institutionalized, still can't, can't throw in the <laughs> towel. LeBron playing at this trajectory now at 38, how much longer do you think he can realistically play at that level to get to that point where he's a 26-6 and six guy? He's, 30, he's, <laughs> he's 38 averaging what in the last 17? I, for the season, averaging like 29. In the last, since his birthday, he's averaging like 34 points. 34 points. Oh, I hate knowing stats, bro. It makes me. He's averaging 34 at 38, right? <laughs> for the, the year he goes 25 and 5, uh, 40, 42? Yeah. Right, 25 and 5. I mean, he's averaging 29 right now. Yeah. 25 and 5, that's, you know, at, at 42. That's, that's wild. I would like to see it, as Monique said. Like, okay, if we would have went back at 32, there's, there's no one on the planet that will have his stats at 29 a game at the age of 38. Yes. Some out there said this couldn't continue you know, <laughs> past his 30s. Yeah, remember they was, talking, they was calling him, remember he was what, the wash, he was calling himself the wash king at like 35. <laughs> the wash king at 35. 
25. He put it on that, that delicate cycle that's like two hours on the <laughs> yeah, watch. Yeah, yeah. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. All right, let's move to the east and talk about one of your favorite squads, Brooklyn Nets. Rob, what I want to know is where is Brooklyn at, man? They, they've been balling since bringing in Jacques Vaughn. Struggled a little bit with KD out there 0-4, but how come the Nets aren't getting the love that they deserve from the square media when you couple that with the fact that KD and Kyrie are leading the East in all-star fan voting. So the fans are rocking with them, mm -hmm. but how come the square media is not giving the Nets the love they deserve? I, I don't think because they, I don't think they've stood out. They haven't like really, you know, with, you, with, with having Kevin Durant and, and um, Kyrie and still Ben Simmons, they haven't really stepped into that that spot and say, yo, we're the king of the East. And, you know, sitting at fourth place, you know, I mean, what kind of credit do you really want to give them? Yeah, but that's after dropping four without, without KD. Obviously, that makes a tremendous difference in the team when you use one. Yeah, I put them at third. <laughs> I mean, that's still, but I mean, that's what I said. You, like, if we just do two tandems, right? You have tandems, you have, you have James Harden and Embiid, right? You have uh, Tatum and Brown, yeah. right? You have Greek and himself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So still Chris Middleton's back yeah, in the yeah, mix. Yeah, you yeah, can but, say Drew Holiday, but, but it's but it's still just Greek, okay, by himself. But show so some love to the San Fernando Valley. We got to give Drew Holiday. Okay, we'll give we'll give it the Holiday. So you're saying if on paper KD and Kyrie are actually on paper the most dominant two out of the other three sets. You put them ahead of Tatum and Brown. Yeah, I think anybody in America would say, all right, if we play the two-on-two, two, if we play the two-on-two, two, I don't know. That's a good question. So you're saying two-on-two two two game, two-on-two, two, and this is obviously not five-on-five five basketball. We get it. Two-on-two two two. Two game, Tatum and Brown versus Kyrie and KD. Tatum and Brown are getting cooked. Like, seven-game series, can they win? They win some games. I mean, they'll win okay. a few series because, you know, they're going to just post up, you know, Kyrie. But he's going to put them in a milkshake blender. We know that. Okay. Right? So, like, but when you say them, you wouldn't rank, you wouldn't say their team will be fourth out of that group. I mean, you know, number one is just, he's, he's so low. See, there's, the, you know, the, the top spot is basically one and a half, man. That's real. So let's talk about Ben Simmons, the other piece of that big three. He struggled offensively. He's acknowledged that. We had Chris Johnson, his trainer, on, on an episode not too long ago. And you said as much as well. Summertime comes, Ben Simmons, buckets, letting it fly. Top three. Top three summer player ever. He hasn't gone over 12 points since, I think, Thanksgiving weekend. What does he need to do to get his offensive game where it needs to be to get this team to the level that they can reach? 
To be honest, what he needs to do is just shoot. Like, it's not like, it's not like there's someone in this, there's not anyone on the other side of that court that's actually going to stop him if he decides to Greek the freak the game. If he decides to just go and I'm going to take 20 shots a game, there's no one that's going to actually contain him. The only person that's containing Ben Simmons is Ben Simmons. I just don't think he's a player that that is for scoring. I think he's just one of those. He's like he's just a bigger version of Lonzo Ball. Like he's more more of I want to get everybody involved and I'm a defensive player, rebounder, assist maker. I'm not I have players who can score. So why am I trying to do their job? And I just think that's his mindset. How did you break that mindset, though? Because you're going to need to score some buckets at some point take the other two off and say, you got to do everything now. And I think his mind was that, oh, shit, they need me to score. I think he will go up there and start scoring. Okay. I don't think, I think, you know, like, you remember, it was, it was something about Rondo when someone was asking him about, you know, your shot getting better. He said, what, does I need, what do I need my shot to get better for? I have Ray Allen, I have Paul Pierce, and I have Kevin Griffin. I don't need to, to do anything but just get them the ball. What is our problem? Like, why am I going in the summer taking 5,000 threes to come back when I have fucking Ray Allen right here? That's, that's just dumb. That's just dumb basketball. I get the sh- My job is to get the ball to the bucket makers. So, obviously, Nets got Barris last season and got swept by the Celtics. Do you think that this net squad, KD healthy, Kyrie healthy, Ben Simmons healthy, rest of the roster healthy enough, seven-game series with the Celtics, do you think they can beat them? I know you said two-on-two two they can do it, but now we got to add those other three guys on each side. It, you know, I, the two-on-two is going to cancel each other out. It's basically between, you know, the smarts uh, on the other side and, um, you know, Ben Simmons and the crew. It's, it's all about, you know, whose bench, who's bench and role player is going to play better. You know, that, that's, that's really all that's going to matter. That's where Ben Simmons really will make his name back and um, get some respect put back on his name if, you know, he goes into that playoff series and really dominates, you know, you know both sides of the floor. Like, no one ever questions his, his defense. Like, you know what I mean? No one, like, everyone knows, okay, he's, he's first team all defense. Okay, we're not going to, you know, so usually we're just complaining about just the, because I need to see a bucket the every bucket. once in a while. Yeah, yeah, just Because he's light-standing. You, you like to get buckets. We're not really known as defensive juggernauts, do we? The nice curly looks, like the uh, fans. Bruce, no, buckets. no, no, no. Bruce Bourne was light-skinned. He was a defensive player. So Rajah Bell. Technical, like Rajah Bell. Yeah, yeah, new age, new age. They were new age light-skinned to do. They you know, were Dennis Rodman and Scottie Pippen, was it? Clay Thompson. I think all defensive player now is this light-skinned. But Clay gets buckets. That's all I'm saying. Like, I mean, that's the thing I think we see with Ben is you know he can do it if he really applies himself, and that's the hard part to watch, where it's been frustrating. Like I said, he hasn't gone over 12 points. Like, but, it, you know, like when, you, when, you, when I used to break down uh, Zoe, it was the same thing. It's like, I think he's just so unselfish. He, they're just, you know, they're just players that's just so unselfish. They don't, you know, getting them to take 20 shots, they really have to see, okay, all of my scores is off the court. You know what I mean? Okay, now I have to try to score. As long as his scores, the people he considered, the first option, second option, third option, they're going to get them the ball. So let's shift to Tatum and Brown real quick. They've led those Celtics to the finals. KD and Kyrie, obviously talking about injuries, all that other stuff, have not Mm -hmm. gotten the Nets to the finals. Do they deserve some more love and respect on their name? Because they've they've done it. They were two games away from winning the championship. Yes. Tatum and Brown. Yes. 
Okay. Yes. I mean, no, no matter how you look at it, they're both young players. Um, and I remember this is the same same group that they were trying to break up, what, a year and a half ago? We talked about this. Um, I think yeah, on this very a year couch. and a half ago, and then, they, you know, those same two took you to the finals. Like, you know, I think they're just missing one more one more piece that can actually help them. Yeah, for sure. Um, get over that hump. And go um, to your credit, you, you said, you know, you better go break up a Swisher, don't break up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Don't yeah. break up Tatum and Brown. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, keep that squad together. Mm-hmm. This is when they were struggling. I think they were like 25 and 23. And they were thinking about, what, what, weren't they thinking about trading them for Ben Simmons? There were some, yeah. Yeah. Brad Stevens was working the, yep. the Brad farm. And I was like, why would you trade when you can just have all of them? <laughs> I was like, I'll have them all. So let's keep this thing moving and shaking. This is a segment we got. We're going to talk about teams that are living good. Living good. And then some teams that are living hood, which, you know. Living hood. For those who haven't lived, you know. <laughs> you can still live good when you live hood, but you're not quite living luxurious. You talked about the, the, the Hondas and the Bugattis. Uh-huh. So first team, you know, we look around. I want to say probably one of the biggest surprises this season, the Sacramento Kings. Now, when you look at that Bay Area and you think, if I told you who's going to be the third seed, who's going to be the 11th seed, you know, I'm sure you would have said Warriors are the third, mm-hmm. Kings are 11th. Kings are third seed right now. They've been balling, man. They've had in the a- West? In the West. They're conference. Like, listen, listen. I'm just going to be, like, honest. Like, there's just certain teams I just don't, like, follow. You right? Gotta, you gotta give them, they got the beam now. Like, really Sacramento Kings was one. I really didn't know they were still, like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I, I, no, 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 serious. I've never really seen them on TV. Like, I didn't know their games come, their games come on TV still? Like, they, they've got a couple. Like, of, I haven't paid attention to them since, like, when Weber and them were there. They've gotten some national games this year, did their thing, blasted the Nets, I want to say, earlier in the season. Not on TV. TNT. I promise you. We talked about this. You asked me to name the starting five. I've gotten a little bit better. <laughs> I've gotten a little bit. I've been studying, researching. Oh, so you actually start paying attention. I, I rock. When I, you, I like the colorway. Like when you couldn't the black name and purple. The, but when you couldn't name the starting five. I, I gave just, you. I gave him like three to four. I just stopped watching. No, nah, but I want you to. So the Kings haven't made the playoffs 16 seasons since back in those days. <laughs> this is back when I watched. Back when you were watching. Okay, got it. Do you feel like this is the year that they break that 16 season playoff drought? Longest in the NBA. Third seed right now. We're halfway through the season. More than halfway. It's the Kings. The, the Kings. Uh, they're third or the third right now in the West? Get the fuck out of here. The Western Conference. Darren Fox, a bonus. Harrison Barnes. They got a nice group. Keegan I Murray. Love, I, I, listen, I love one player on there. That's Speedy. Speedy okay. Gonzalez, okay? The rest of the team, I, I really don't want to pay attention to. Um... Knives of bonus? Arvidas' boy? Oh, they did trade for him. <laughs> <laughs> I knew Kings it wasn't. Fans, Kings fans, we're giving you love at Listen, least. I knew it wasn't like the, the normal. They did get some, they were smart and got some trades. Okay, should they make the playoffs this year? Do I think they will? I actually think, and that's coming out the mouth too. I actually think they will make the playoffs. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline.
Well, good. You're spot on with your analysis and assessment. The West is jam-packed right now. It's like if a team goes on a couple-game losing streak, they can go from third to, like, 12. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's wild right now. But I do think what I've seen from this squad and just how tough they play. De'Aaron Fox has, has elevated his game to another level. I've Sabonis, always liked him. Sabonis should be an all-star, but, you know, he's getting – which is crazy because, especially in this country, you would think – he would get more love and elevated, but, mm. you know, we got, like, some Cold War tensions going on, so <laughs> some lingering. You just, you know, I'm just being real. You know how these things go. All right, next team I'm going to go, and I'm not going to say they're living good. They're living good enough. Obviously, rent prices are way too high in New York, but the Knicks, they've been all right, bro. Yes, They've yes. been all right. Tied for six in the East. Jalen Brunson has been killing in the month that of January. the best sign. 30-piece. Shout out to Rick Brunson, the legend. I got a great Rick Brunson story I can't tell you on the air. Okay. But he's a legend, <laughs> just like his child. So when you look at this Knicks squad, I'm just going to read off some, some stats. Knicks fans, I don't, you know, y'all know I don't fuck with you like that. Yeah. Except for Merrill, Spike Lee. They don't even f*** with each other like yeah. that. James so Dolan. it's okay. They don't, they don't mess with each other like that. Till Dolan sells the team, we really can't ride with y'all. <laughs> like, I saw a story he's doing, like, facial recognition now in Madison Square Garden. So... He's booting people out the arena. Like, they're literally, like, scanning your joint. Like, oh, nah, Gil says some, some shit about he got to <laughs> get out. He said something back in 1986. Get out. You got to get out. <laughs> but they won seven of their last ten, ten games. Uh, first in the league in second chance points. Second in opponent field goal percentage. Jalen Brunson in the month of January, which is next to my, my favorite month, which is February, Black mm-hmm. History Month. 32 points per game. He's shooting close to 50% from the field. Close to 50% from three, man. Like, he – and I know the, the, the thing was – when he was in Dallas with Luca, was like, could he be the guy? Mm-hmm. And he is showing it. He in New York, which is you know. Are they giving him that Vin Sanity treatment? What do you mean? You wasn't around when Vin Sanity came. I was around for Vin Sanity, but Vin Sanity was dunking on. No, Denver. not oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Lynn, Lynn Sanity. Sanity. Lynn, <laughs> Lynn you, Sanity. Did they give? They not giving him the Lynn Sanity treatment. And I, I rock with Jeremy Lynn, but it seems like Jalen Brunson is. This is more, it's not just, not even to say it was a fluke, but. But know. are they giving him that treatment, though? I, I mean, I hope they're showing him love. Ah, uh, nah, we heard that. Discount on eggs. You know, <laughs> give him the egg discount. No, but he was, that was a, that was a really good signing. Um, but, you know, Knicks teams, Knicks teams, their, their biggest battle is going to always be Knicks fans. You know what I mean? Putting out a team that can match that, the energy that, the expectations of what Knicks fans expect, you know, that gritty, grimy type of basketball. Like, I don't think they've gotten out of the 80s, but, you know, the fans, I think they're just stuck in the 80s of basketball, so. Hooping in Tim's, razor blade under yeah, the Yeah, 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 you know, so they, they like that grit, grind, you know, type of, type of basketball. So it's still trying to, you know, give them that with what today's basketball really is. Um, and I think Brunson is one of the players that, that brings both 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 skills. Which is wild, because I think he signed like a four-year, $100 million deal. When that deal first happened, a lot of people weren't feeling it. Mm-hmm. Said, he, you know, he finessed the Knicks. Yeah. Now that that sentiment has changed, man. So it's good to see Jalen out there doing it. And look, we've got a lot of good Knicks fans. Some of you guys are haters. That's life. But <laughs> just honestly, but I'm a West Coast guy, obviously. So still never forgot the death row bad boy beef. It's, it's still, it, I'm being real, it lingers on. I know maybe there was a truce or whatever, but. <laughs> That is, weird. that is real. That 95, 6, 7, bro. It's still, we, hey. It's still that so was, That was middle school, high school, and we hated the East Coast ever since. And we had no reason to know why, but that's, no, that's no. just what it was. But we still look at each other funny. It's daps or whatever, but it's still like. Hated uh, anyone with Tim boots. Yeah. <laughs> just, ah. 
But you know, I still don't rock Timberlands. Yeah. You no, know, still, like you know, never. I have one pair of Tims, never worn. <laughs> never. Just still because you know, mm-hmm. we wear Chucks on this side of town. But now let's go to the other side. We got to talk about the teams that are living hood right now. And these are teams that could be living good, but you know, they they battle injuries, they've dealt with situations. Got to go up to the bay and talk about the Golden State Warriors. Warriors have the highest salary cap in NBA history. Steph has been hurt a little bit, mm-hmm. so I'll give him that. But even before Steph's injury, you know, they were nasty on the road, still nasty. I want to say they are, what, 5-18 and 18 on the road this season. Steve Kerr re- recently introduced the, the small lineup, Draymond at center, Jordan Poole in the mix. Said he's going to ride with that for a little bit. Had a good game against the Celtics, tricked it off, lost in overtime. So still show what they're capable of. But right now, what, they're 22-23. and 23 which is crazy to think that they only have two more wins than the Lakers at this point in the season. <laughs> but the game is the game. They're tied for ninth in the West. So they're living hood right now. Do you think this squad can fix things? You know, Warriors fans have been clamoring for a trade. They want to shore up some situations. James Wiseman hasn't necessarily lived up to expectations. You know, other guys on the roster like Moses Moody. Have also been mentioned in, in, in trade situations. I'm rocking with. It's like young dudes. I always have just a little bit of a. I got to give them an opportunity to really mm-hmm, cook mm-hmm. before I just throw in the towel. Obviously, Warriors fans aren't as patient dealing with the same thing the Lakers fans are dealing with. With Steph now getting older, Clay getting older, this dynasty, you know, admittedly, kind of not on their last leg, I think. But I mean, but just a few less than but seven, eight months ago, they was champions. You know, so um, what has changed? I mean, you know, you got, you know, you got players that, you know, the key to Golden State's championships, you ever look at the championships, it's their bench. Their bench was really good. Their bench, you know, like, you got to remember Jordan Poole, you had Gary Payton coming off the bench. Um, One's gone. One, you know, signed a deal somewhere else. Jordan Poole is damn near a starter. So you you lose some of what helps you win. And that was usually that was usually, you know, Golden State's second unit. Their second unit was just as good as the first unit. From their first championships to, you know, like you, you have the stars, but when they sub, you gotta remember there's a reason. Like people didn't understand when when there was that stat that came out that was it Curry hasn't played fourth quarters. He's only played this many fourth quarters this year. He's only, you know, after the third. Like, think about how good a team or a unit has to be that if they're up 10, right, when Steph goes out and Steph can never come back in the game, it's because that second, that unit pushed the line, pushed that, the numbers up so much that why am I putting Steph back in? Yeah. People didn't understand how good that second unit was. Um, and I remember I did a stat when, Golden State beat Cleveland. Cleveland starting five was killing Golden State starting five. The bench, the bench number was ridiculous. Yeah. You know, it was like it was like it was like a ninety-three to fifteen type of swing from the bench to Golden State's bench. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if they can get a solid unit that can come in and they can play well together, I think they can get into the eighth, seventh spot. Ooh, so a seventh you feel like is what their ceiling is, and you know me, I love. Well, it. you think I'm gonna? You thought I was gonna say yeah? They can jump to the fourth, third. Like, get the f- out 
out of here. I mean, come on. It's... I love to smoke the Warriors pack, but I almost <laughs> feel sad right now. Like, I don't even want to hit it, which is like. But no, I mean, at no. the end of the day, it's still a defending champ. So when, you, when you're talking about someone that can turn it on like that, it is them. Um, when you look around the rest of the Western Conference, though, for me, I don't think anybody really wants to see that squad in the postseason. And that's, that's the thing. It's almost like that Lakers team a couple years ago when they were like the seventh seed and they were playing the Suns, mm-hmm. AD gets hurt. It was one of those teams, you know, if AD doesn't get hurt yeah. from that seventh seed spot, mm-hmm. there was no doubt. It wasn't yeah. like we were fearing anybody. Mm-hmm. And then he goes down and it's like, all right, shit, Cancun on three. But <laughs> yeah. So for this Warriors team, do you feel like they have enough? Because they're talking about making moves, and my thing is like, shit, how many more moves you got to make? You're already in a spin about Yeah, I mean, but who, who are you going to trade? You don't want to trade none of your youth when your older players are older yeah um but do they need to go all in now with understanding like look Steph's getting up there obviously Clay's coming back from a two-year absence still 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 bouncing back that this is now Draymond that core unit Draymond might be you know wearing the purple and gold next year we don't know but as I said the only person that can be traded and that makes sense is not signing Draymond back or a sign and trade with Draymond because you know if you get one of if you get rid of Steph or Clay, you're really saying, okay, we are officially done. I said, you know what I mean. So it, you you still really have to be careful on who you trade because, you know, you trade one of the Splash Brothers. You are, wait, don't they still got Wiggins? Wiggins is still there. And look, guys, guys have been dealing with with injuries this season, so you can't. Steph is kind of the heartbeat of that squad, obviously. Yeah, He's when it comes to, yes. And it just seemed like even early on in the season that they were still just just reeling from the championship. They had a little bit of a hangover. But like I've said all season, like, nobody want to see these dudes come play. No, as long as they, they know they, how to win in the playoffs. Yes, because that's what happened last year. No one, no one, going into the playoffs, no one had them as a champ. No one, there was no favoritism. I mean, you know, Stephen A said it before the season, and if Clay comes back, they're champions, but nobody really, like, took that shit serious. Yeah, nasty, <laughs> nasty. Nobody took that shit serious. So, um, you know, when they go, you know, as long as they're, listen, you got to remember, it's the second half of the season. Once, once you start dialing stuff in, if they jump into the eighth seed, seventh seed, sixth seed, and they're dialed in, they're going to become the favorite of the playoffs. So we're about a week uh, since MLK Day, and that brings me, it's a nice segue, to Arizona, the Phoenix Suns. So I have trouble rolling with Arizona because they took so long to embrace Martin Luther the King. Martin Luther the King? The King, you already know. Uh But Suns, you know, one of the premier teams in the West the past few seasons, obviously made the finals, lost to the the Bucks and Giannis and that crew. But they've they've been living pretty hood lately. And obviously Mm -hmm. D-Book, He's been battling injuries. He's got the groin. I think they're like 4-13 mm-hmm. without Devin Booker. CP3 had a few injuries this year. His hip, hip a little janky right mm-hmm. now. So when you look at the Suns right now, they are 11th in the West. They're 22-24. and 24. They only lost 18 games last year. They've already surpassed that mark. Mm-hmm. And we're literally only 46 games into the season for them. The West is jam-packed. Like, you know, they're 11th, but, you know, they win a couple games, and they could jump from 11th to... Ninth. Got know, it. Ninth. <laughs> Got it, ninth. I was going to go a little higher, I but know, I, know, I know you was trying. <laughs> you know. I try to pander to fan base. They got some, some cool fans. So, some of them. Uh, D-Book and CP3 can get back healthy. Can Monty Williams write this ship and get the Suns back into that level where they're actually a threat in the Western Conference? Western Conference? Yeah. The Western Conference. 
Like finals. I'm not even gonna say. I'm gonna say. So you talking about their 11th? Are you talking about win a series? Like, like win a playoff series? No, because if they're 11th, not get, not get smacked by Luca at home in a game seven, make it at least competitive. No, no, because I don't think you actually thought about what that is. They're 11th, so that means they can only get the eight to seven. So that means they're gonna be playing the number one or two seed. Nah, it's over. Not. A, I mean, this, it's over. This West is janky. This it's year. over. This <laughs> West is janky though. Let it go. You go on a couple game winning streak. I'm not a sense. They're fan, great. They're, look, they're, 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 it's, if they're the one, two, three, four, where they have home court advantage, I, I, okay, cool. But if, if my guys are hurting, one has a hip, one has a growing, you know, we're in the 11th seed, you know, after All Star break, you know, there's what 15. There was 30 something games left. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shut it down, fellas, and let's. It's okay. Let's, so Devin Booker, you know, we're right at that, that four-week point on the initial prognosis for his groin. You've actually played basketball at a high level, which is why I like doing the show with you, because I can actually ask you questions mm-hmm. versus other networks where they're asking somebody who has well, never got buckets at uh-huh. any level. And I got buckets at some level, but I'm not going to sit here and act like mm-hmm. I'm league. Uh, that groin injury. Groin, for me, groins, hamstrings always seem like j- just Tricky. tough ones. You know what I mean? In my younger heyday, I was very using the groin very actively. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Now that I, I've settled down, not as much. But how tough is it to come back from a groin injury? Now, when they say four weeks, does that really mean four weeks, or is that four weeks? And are we going to have? Again, remember, it's, it's four. It's four weeks, like soccer mom bodies, right? You know what I mean? It's like, they, like you got to remember. Think about the doctors. It's like soccer mom regular people time, right? You know, when you're talking about a high-level athlete, I, I should, you should always throw in a week or two. Because what ends up happening is this. A growing ham, hamstring, or any type of ligament, when you're feeling better, you're feeling better at your controlled speed, right? Like, you're, you're, you're in control of how fast you're going when you're working out. So you're like, oh, I'm working out great. I'm working out great. I can go. Well, that, that is different of you playing against someone in practice that's this type of caliber, and you can protect yourself versus you're going against a John Morant, you know, you know what I mean, a Kevin Durant, um, you know, Westbrook. That's a different type of move because now you're reacting off your, your, your instincts, and that's where you'd be like, oh, he retweaked it. Yeah, because he wasn't ready. Yeah, he was ready to do soccer mom shit. You know, he wasn't ready to play against those type of players. <laughs> and that's what ends up happening with injuries because you never really, really fully test, you know, if your hamstring is or your groin is actually ready until you get on a court and you're playing against a guy and you have to react instantly off of what he's doing. And you're like, oh, tweak. Now he's out another two weeks. I would love to be in the meeting where the team doctor's like, look, man, you're ready to do soccer mom shit, but you can't, <laughs> you can't go and do no hoop shit. Like, I, I was, I, uh, I remember I hurt my groin. I hurt my groin my first year in Washington, right? I'm ready to come back. Whoo, been out like two, three weeks, ready to come back. Something called black ice basically told me you wasn't ready. Because oh. uh, I got out of the car, slipped on black ice, boom, groin's back out, right? Black ice, back out. 
Um, I gotta be black ice. That's, yeah, what, that's what it's called, black ice. Because it looks like water, but it's frozen. So you, it's, it's. But when it's white ice, it's fun. <laughs> it's not a slippery. It makes snow cones, but let's go. You can't, make, you can't make a snow cone with black ice. So, and I slipped and was out and was out some more. You know, so what I mean is like, as ready as I thought I was, just just a little slip and I'm back, I'm back in. So.